0: software company moves to montana after setting up shop elsewhere for more than like two decades okay why what brought them here to the treasure state speaking of the treasure state the film industry has discovered it's a pretty good place for movies and shows and commercials and vacations and big houses and stuff like that um it's a growing industry in montana how's it going to impact our lives And and did you know that Montana is home to cutting-edge work in the field of photonics? Say it with me. Photonics? Yeah. Yeah. These and more stories today featured at the Montana On the Rise Economic Summit in Bozeman, and welcome. It's from Montana for Montana, two decades strong and working on three voices of Montana. Tom Schultz, alongside. We are live at the Commons, a great place here uh, in Bozeman. It's uh, a little east of uh, west of town, I should say, between Bozeman and Belgrade, and uh, not that that matters a whole lot. I guess I'm just mapping you uh, on on Baxter and Love, and uh, this economic summit that's on the Rise Summit, put on by the Chamber and sponsored by, um, hosted by Senator Steve Daines. There's just a ton. A ton of big names here, and we're going to talk about that uh, not only uh, throughout this hour, but uh, moving forward on the day, too. Uh, We have uh, a little bit later on, as I mentioned, Photonics. So Jason Yeager is going to be with us, president of the Montana Photonics Industry Alliance. And then the film industry, how about Lynn Wood Fields, co-founder of Media Coalition of Montana. And let's start off with Bill Mosley, CEO of GL Solutions. Good morning, Bill. How's it going? Good
1: morning. Great. Thanks for
0: having me. Thank you for being here. Why are you here? Uh, in Montana? Um, here at the summit in Mon- And in Montana, we'll get to that story because yeah. that's really cool. But yep. uh, um, w- what do you hope to get out of the summit here today?
1: Um, I really just kind of want to share the story about how Montana's open for business. It's been good for us, and um, hopefully there's other entrepreneurs like me that are interested in moving their business and bring good jobs to the state. And and
0: you did that, um, and you had to go through a process, because uh, oh, yeah. you uh, you started your business in Oregon, and that you know that ain't, uh, ain't too bad either.
1: Yeah, we were in Bend, Oregon for a little over 20 years, and some people said, well, you know, why are you leaving Bend? And I said, well, I think Bend left me. Mm, uh, at one time, Bend was, um, you know, some of the same kind of problems that we have here, but uh, Bend was a, a town a little more like Columbia Falls, uh, and as people increasingly moved in from you know California, San Francisco, housing prices went to median to seven hundred fifty thousand. Uh, the politics and the the community change was filled with a lot of people who knew how you should live, uh, that kind of thing. It just it changed the whole character of the community and and really just the business climate went downhill.
0: And, and so as um, uh, I'm, let's talk about your business first, okay? Sure. Uh, uh, to get into that your business is a software solutions company software licensing solutions to streamline regulatory agencies and yeah, that's right. and, and I have uh, worked in government myself and streamlining those agencies I mean your mission is uh, more efficiency in
1: government that's right yeah so I grew up in the time of Ronald Reagan who said that uh, government wasn't the solution to the problem it was actually the problem um, but I didn't want to be the person that just complained about it I actually wanted to make a difference there's a lot of things that government does that um, benefit our society. They take care of foster kids. They pave the streets. They provide policemen and firemen and this kind of thing. And we, we need those things. If everyone loses faith in the in the ability of our government to do it, we're not. It's not going to be a good situation. And so, instead of just complaining on the outside, I went to work for the uh, for a U.S. senator at one point, and then the attorney general in the state of Oregon. Uh, fixed some regulatory activities that they had there, and started a business after that. And so I've been doing that ever since. How um.
0: Uh, how did you approach this then uh, from from that software solution kind of angle
1: yeah one of the things that you um, when you go into a government agency you'll look around and see how they do things and and there's some severe problems but they, they usually just don't even know how they operate quite frankly and if you don't know how you how you operate then it's awfully hard to improve and keep up with the times and uh, most of what they do is process information for the most part and so software is a, a key a key piece of this and you wouldn't necessarily think about it, but it relates directly to safety. So one of our one of our customers is uh, the Connecticut State Police, and if you walk into a Cabela's in that state and you want to buy a firearm, uh, they'll use our software to go and make sure that the person isn't stalking their spouse, they don't have a mental health restraining order, they're not wanted by the FBI. Um, but before that, they would all process that via email and and paper. Uh, it's not efficient. It would take days for people to actually be able to get a, to get a weapon that they otherwise were authorized to have and um, and then they'd make a lot of mistakes, so the state police would have to go sometimes get guns from dangerous people. Oh, wow. So, yeah. so that isn't so good either. So the information technology can really help to, to keep people safe in some of these situations.
0: And and, and and the fact that these government agencies, I mean, they're so big, too. I mean, that, yeah. that had to be a problem to tackle. I mean, yeah. and, and there's so much input coming in from uh, different agencies, different oh, yeah. people. uh had to yeah, are complicated. The,
1: yeah, and, and then the public, you know, if you um, if you have the least little bit of waste, it makes the it makes the local news, and so it, it causes government agencies to basically risk averse. Uh, let's do it the same way we've right. always done it. Let's not change. Let's not take a, a risk on new technology. You, you know, whether it's doing uh, using tablet PCs to do inspections or something like that, and um, they really just they, they're kind of stuck, and they need a prod from the outside. And so a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit from a company like Geo Solutions helps to do that.
0: Uh, the um uh, th- th- that whole process too. It, 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 you start. You, you probably take a long, long time to uh, get uh, a plan put together. Oh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of research goes into that, right?
1: Yeah, we we just got done with a project with, in the state of Virginia uh, related to their foster care system, and there was uh, thirty-six thousand man hours in that project. <laughs> eight, eight eighteen person years. Uh, <laughs> no, 18-person well, years. I got to right, 36,000, <laughs> hours. you did
0: the math on it. Oh, yeah, huh? we do, yeah, we
1: track. <laughs> we're, we're, we're good computer people, Gosh. so we'll track that kind of thing. 36,000 man-hours. Uh, just a huge amount of, of effort going into something like that to help them re-engineer the office. Um, and were you successful? Oh, yeah, they, um, they were actually under a lawsuit by the federal uh, mm. government, the Department of Justice, because they weren't protecting foster kids, mm. and they'd have all these deaths and serious inju- injuries. With people in the custody of the state, they weren't taken care of, and weren't investigating, and there was some there were some pretty bad things happening.
0: I looked at some of the things uh, from your blog there, um, uh, and it just for me indicates how how um, connected that uh, you know GL Solutions can be or can help the public be connected. But, uh, going paperless with the state tax commission of Missouri. Yep. All right. Um, audit examines missing foster children. Uh, reporting by st- those are. That's right very big yeah. important issues um, that the public uh, has a, a hand in
1: they affect how we live and and give us and if we could do them better they'll give us confidence that our governments are actually using the the taxes that we pay efficiently and effectively and and really serving the people that they're supposed to be serving whether it's you know foster kids or um, or efficiently processing our taxes and that kind of stuff.
0: Does the government know that they're pretty inefficient when it comes to uh, these things?
1: Uh, a little bit, and there's a little bit too, a little bit of motivation to change that, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, we have a good governor in this state in Montana who's actually kind of prodding us along, doing, evaluating employees and their productivity within their um the different agencies and i think that's a good start we need more of that across the u.s how many people you employ about 55
0: 55 yeah. and you're all writing code a lot or not all but uh
1: yeah. it comes down to that yeah a lot of code um account management quality assurance um you know variety of activities and uh, most of those are based in Kalispell. now we moved from bend and we still have a few people that are remote back in oregon
0: so you can look back at who you've been for 20 years. Does that clue you into who you're going to be for the next 20 years?
1: Uh, we want the future to be different, and um, we want to grow into some of these larger organizations as time goes on. And, uh, and we're getting into more and more complex systems like the one I described. And so we're actually, in the next three years, we expect to uh, grow about 80 more jobs than what we have in Calspell now. Um, and that'll, that'll continue. Governments are finally getting their acting gear a little bit, making these investments in oh, technology.
0: That's good because there's, just, there's really a lot of room, oh, yeah. I think, uh, for, for efficiency sure. there, and it's going to save us a lot of money. Uh, Bill Mosley is with his CEO, GL Solutions. Again, uh, it was founded in Oregon in the uh, late 1990s and recently moved to Kalispell. Um, moving a company,
1: Bill. Very uh, difficult. What goes into that? Uh, We did about a year and a half of planning. We started in 2019, visited the business community up here and um, found that the air transportation was great, uh, there was labor available, uh, and most importantly, the business community actually said, you know, what we want most from you is to create good jobs for our kids. Um, And so that's just a huge bonus for us. It it told me that people cared um, for their future and the future of their community. And so we wanted to move to a place like that. I have to say it took twice as long and, and cost twice as much as I ever anticipated. <laughs> but, uh, but it's been a success. I couldn't be happier.
0: Well, and, and that's good. Uh, uh, going into that and coming out on the other end, going... I'm glad we did this Yeah, sort that's of thing. great. Yeah.
1: Someone asked me what the best thing about uh, about moving up was, and I said, well, it's going home. I live on Echo Lake, and I get to watch the sunset set across the mountains, and my 11-year-old son goes fishing off the dock out the back door, and it just doesn't get better than that. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And,
0: and I'm really happy for you in that regard. Um, so you, you looked at uh, transportation. You looked at climate. You looked at quality of life, um, the business tax climate. Tax policy.
1: Uh, tax policy. Yeah, regulatory. um in Oregon, they, they had uh, a whole government agency set up to do nothing but investigate employers all the time. Uh, they taxed you on your gross receipts of your business, whether you were profitable or not. Wow. Just a lot of crazy policies and just communicated loud and clear that, you know, employers are, are not welcome or... Um, at the very least, suspects, and so <laughs> I didn't want to be in a place like that, and I just wanted to focus on running my business. And you can do that here.
0: Then why, why Kalispell? I mean, uh, for all these reasons, but did somebody recruit you? Did uh, Did you have Montana a connection?
1: West Economic Development okay. did a lot of the recruiting, and so that was yep. great. And uh, we were looking communities at uh, communities in the the Northwest United States, so pe- some of our employees could remain close to their families and that sort of thing. Uh, we wanted a median housing price that was you know substantially better. Uh, than Bend because it drives the cost of labor. I wanted a low, a low regulatory climate, and that was important for us. Um, the tax rates were important, again. Uh, the state of California, for instance, between their uh, sales and um, income taxes, it's over 15% of your income goes yeah. to state <laughs> state taxes, whereas in Montana it's about 6%. Uh, so it's just a huge difference.
0: And, and, and those things make, um, I mean make a big difference in, a, in, in, in not only business but in individuals' lives, too. Oh, yeah. you know, uh, we may not be considering that because we, we, we go to work and go back home, but uh, we need transportation. We need a good business climate. We need a quality of life, too, for yeah. workers. And we need housing. Now, uh, since you started the move and to where we are today... Things have changed. Housing has changed
1: a lot. Yeah. Um, And one of the things I would encourage about, I that I would encourage for the state to really consider is that you've really just, you've got to use the free market to encourage housing supply. Um, One of the mistakes that I noticed in Oregon was they had very restrictive land use policies, and every time the government went in and made a change on something, they it would they would take another government program to fix the problems that they just created. I actually used to serve on the city council in, in Bend, Oregon. I just got done with my sentence about a year ago. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And thank
0: you for that service. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I do call it a sentence. It's funny. <laughs> and um, anyway, yeah, you you just you were just flabbergasted, didn't know what to do sometimes because you, you couldn't, you would always get these proposals for a new way to use federal money or a new inclusionary zoning policy or whatever. And every time we did something, we had over 36 programs that just made the problem worse. Housing prices just kept going up and up. And when it really gets down to it, you've got to have dirt roads, sewer, and water um, so that people can build. And if you don't have those things, if you start constraining supply or trying to monkey with the market, uh, it just gets worse. And so we've got to get ahead of that curve. It's, did, it's basic economics.
0: Uh, and, and, and we talk about it a lot, and, and you're right. We, we need those kinds of solutions yep. for stability going forward. That's right. Um, what about the labor pool? Did you look at that?
1: Yeah, we did. The labor pool was actually excellent at the time. It's still good. Uh, when In Oregon, when I was there, I oftentimes would interview employees, and they would say, well, how many powder days do I get? Uh, when I interview someone here, the first guy I interviewed says, I'll be the first one there and the last one to leave. And oh. so I don't really want him to be the first one there and last to leave, but now he's our VP for operations. Uh, so got promoted in the process, and we definitely love the work ethic that, that Montanans bring.
0: And, and now he, maybe he gets a powder day or two then, yeah. he's, <laughs> yeah, he's earned
1: it? It comes with perks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: great. Um uh, are you looking at housing solutions from an employer standpoint?
1: Yeah, we're pretty small to actually be able to provide some of those ourselves. Right. But yeah. I've had to uh, surprisingly well, daycare solutions. Yeah, so well, ahead. I've had to get involved with the, um, actually finding housing for some of my employees, yeah. you know, which is is kind of strange. And then I did join the uh, the board uh, for the chamber of commerce, and we're investing in finding childcare solutions, uh, zoning, and that kind of thing to help that situation. But those are real problems, you know, that 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 affect employers, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I thank you so much for this. I mean, it, it informs us. Um, and it probably, uh, I don't know if you're a poster child, but um, I bet uh, the, the, the powers that be are saying, hey, go talk to Bill Mosley. Uh, he just moved his company here. Are you sharing that information?
1: Yeah. I, I get calls once in a while, and I, I have no regrets. Yeah, great. <laughs> I great. don't want to let the word out too much, but, <laughs> but but it's a good place to do business, for sure.
0: Congratulations on your success, Thank too. you. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. And, that. And much more. I, I hope to uh, talk about that down the road sometime. Thank you. Bill Mosley mostly gl solutions and it is glsolutions.com for more information we're back with more from the uh, on the rise economic summit here in bozeman from montana for montana it's voices of montana for nearly 90 years montana livestock ag credit has been providing dependable financing to montana's ag producers why has montana livestock been so successful because customer service has been our top priority experience the difference at montana livestock where your loan requests are properly handled we know you're busy don't let poor customer service slow you down i'm chance merrill and at montana livestock ag credit we offer quick turnaround on loan requests give our staff a call at 800-332-3405 welcome back live from the montana on the rise economic summit a lot of big tech here, uh, a lot of big businesses across Montana, small businesses, a lot of good public participation here. We're in Bozeman live at the Commons, pretty good place, and as I mentioned, I just got done talking with Bill Mosley, and then uh, welcoming Lynn Wood Fields to the program, co-founder of Media, the Media Coalition of Montana, as we look at the film industry, and it, uh, I think they've... And good morning. How good are you, morning, Lynn? Hey Wood great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being yeah, here. i want to tuck that down just a little okay. bit. Yep, yeah. You're, you're great. Um, uh, look at the growing industry in Montana. We wonder how it's going to impact our lives.
2: Well, my hope is it's for the better for mm-hmm. Montanans. I do rapid training courses for filmmakers, oh, specifically you do. for Montana filmmakers. And I see this as a growing industry. Could be one of the top five industries in the next couple years. And as that money comes in, my big passion is the Montanans benefit from that. And one of the things we're seeing is film's pretty new, and so we don't have as many people trained up professionally as we need to. But three to five years from now, I hope that they're mostly hiring Montanans. And they're incentivized to do that as well. Oh, they are? How? So the Film Incentive Tax Credit gives 25% if you hire Montanans, 15% if you bring them in. But on top of that, they have to fly those people in, they have to find housing. So they are passionate about also hiring locally. I see. Yeah.
0: How long will it take to train? Because as I look, and again, uh, the uh, the website is media m e d i a mediacoalitionmt.com m t dot com for more information. There, I look and I see jobs and pretty good paying jobs how are we getting trained for those types and, and talk about the jobs at, you know and are yeah. they career kinds of um, positions
2: oh 100% so the reason I'm so passionate I grew up in Montana I grew up in the Flathead Valley and still get to live here and raise my family here and I'm so passionate um, about oh
0: great <laughs> yeah yeah i just give her a bumper sticker it said uh, from, from montana yeah. for montana and then listed our calispell station up, yeah, there, up there yeah that's great yeah yeah
2: well i still love the flat it's so much yep. um, so you're going back to good paying jobs i think the film industry has this thing that it's very sparkly but the truth is it's very blue collar it's a mobile manufacturing is kind of what we consider it lots of blue collar oh. jobs that pay very well you know we're looking at minimum 50k and Um, They're fun jobs. They're passionate jobs. You have to be a hard worker, which Montanans are. So it's a really nice fit for Montana and our value of life. And the great thing is you can work really hard for a couple months and actually take a month off if you want to, which also, you know, work hard, play hard.
0: That appeals to a... uh, And, in fact, uh, you know, I I may be uh, among the older demographic there, but that appeals to me, too. It appeals to all Montanans. Yeah. We
2: we do believe that, you know, enjoying Montana is the reason we live here, right? And it's hard to
0: do that with the wages and with housing in in the state. I
2: am... So passionate about this because I grew up with people who are, you know, messaging. I can't afford to live here anymore. I can't raise my family here. That is not okay for me. And so, you know, as we're looking at how Montana is expanding, I think no matter what industry is coming in, it needs to benefit Montanans. And actually, film really can and is. You know, I've already put a hundred filmmakers in the state working this year, and we're just starting this rapid training courses, and you were talking about how we're going to do that. Yeah. I'm working with Accelerate Montana, wonderful organization, wonderful, and they're very uh, passionate about rapid training, and rapid training really is defined as um, getting training within six months. We're going to be able to do even faster than that through film. We're building out online courses and in-person courses, starting with a production assistant pilot course, production assistant's entry level, anyone can do it without any experience. But we're giving you enough experience that you get on set and you're ready to go. And wow. we put you in our database. I get calls all the time. I mean, we have big productions like Yellowstone. We also have tons of indie productions. We yes. have commercials. And we can put these people to work right away. So, um, now, that, yeah.
0: And this is a, that's a good plan. Uh, it, was it the chicken or the egg? Uh, di, did you uh, have the industry first and then need to infill? Or did you decide, hey, let's, let, let's, let's start with this step first?
2: Um, it's They're kind of growing simultaneously, yeah. but I will say the industry is growing a little bit ahead of our training. We're realizing as this is growing that we need more training, so we're kind of doing the stepping stones with that. But um, I think we're actually a little bit ahead of the curve than other states with training. Um, and, you know, a lot of industries... Like film, bring in people, but we in Montana really, really, really want to train our Montanans.
0: I'm so glad to hear that. Linwood, Linwood Fields is with us again, um, and you've got actually I, I checked out your LinkedIn. You've got a ton of companies that you should probably uh, mention <laughs> here, but uh, listed as co-founder of the Media Media Coalition yep. of Montana. Um, uh, I had a, a bit of a rough time believing that. Montanans are going to benefit sure. from the industry. Do you do you encounter that?
2: No, I encounter the opposite. You do? Now, oh. I, um, I can give you some stories. I mean, one of the things that I'm really uh, focused on is I think some of the best filmmakers in our entire state are veterans and indigenous. Oh, yeah? And veterans mostly because um, they're already mission-based, and so they get this idea of working as a team. And so we're working with veterans, correctional facilities, and... Um, all Montanans are actually trained for this. They're they're the perfect fit for it. But um, and then Indigenous people who already story is such a big part of their lives. And training them to tell their own stories is a is a really important piece. Yes. And then we, they are also incentivized to hire in those areas at 35% to 30%. So um, and then the other thing is Montanans are entrepreneurs. We just are. We have that kind of spirit. We see a problem. We want to fix it. And in the film industry, there's a lot of things they need. They need food. They need porta potties. They need transpo. And as this industry grows, I'm seeing entrepreneurs creating those businesses, and now they're getting that hired locally. And one of the biggest one is um, right now. They still are required to do a lot of COVID testing. I have some really good friends who yes. started that and have made great amount of money this year and last year working on these kind of sets. So
0: COVID testing for all the crews. Yeah, all the crews, yeah, and, and that yeah. is
2: directly all Montana business. Yeah. And that's just the ripple effect. I have friends who do lumber and they buy that. I mean... There's so many. And then just even being an extra is really fun.
0: (laughs) I kind of want to do that. Well, you call me. I kind of want to do that, okay. (laughs) We'll make it happen. (laughs) Hey, Lynn Fields is with us, co-founder of MEDIA, M-E-D-I-A, it's in all caps. Uh, What does that stand for? Montana Economic Development Industry Advancement,
2: right? Yeah, that was for the MEDIA Act that got passed in 2019. And then the coalition, just to expand on what that is, that's Montanans who believe in this as a manufacturing to benefit Montana. So we're filmmakers, business people, and entrepreneurs Work together to try to build the industry in the state.
0: All right, stand by. I got to take a break, and, and, and there's more to come. I want to talk about that that economic impact because guys did a study, um, yes. and I, I think it's pretty important to, to reel that off. So Linwood Fields is with us. We're back with more. Brian Bennett has headlines next. Napa know-how.
3: It's all about outdoor adventures like yard work, camping, and hauling. Be ready with new Craftsman trimmer-blower combo for just $99.99. Find cargo carriers, vehicle batteries, take $10 off exact fit wiper blades, and find a full line of gloves as low well as $6.49 a pair. Ratchet straps and jump starters, too.
0: Napa know-how.
3: Stop in at your locally owned Napa Auto Parts store today. Sales
2: valid well, May 31st, 2022 only.
0: Welcome back. For Montana, for Montana, Voices of Montana, happy to be here. Live at the Commons in Bozeman, uh, and that is the Montana On the Rise Economic Summit, again, uh, put on by the Chamber, hosted by Senator Steve Daines, just a ton of people. We're going to have more stories coming out of this because there's more that we can cover in one hour here. With Linwood Fields, co-founder of the Media Coalition of Montana, has her hand in a ton of other things when it comes to the, the film industry, and we're understanding uh, that there are training, there's training, there's careers, there's growth uh, in the state Um uh, what is the you know the, the financial impact? You had said it may be one of the top five industries at some point down the road.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the things that's so cool about this industry is it's pretty green. It wants Montana to stay the way it is. Oh, it yeah. needs that background in the landscape. So I really yeah. appreciate that as a Montanan. We don't actually need to build out a bunch of infrastructure right now. They can just come here and shoot. Yeah. And then yeah. um, you were asking me about...
0: Uh, the, the Well, just the, the overall... Uh, f- uh, Total economic impact. Oh, I mean, sure. It's yeah. getting into the uh, uh, almost approaching a billion, right? Or more than a billion? Uh,
2: well, I mean, as we all know, people consume content at a rapid pace. Yeah. So the product is needed. Now, so we are seeing that this is just something that is growing so exponentially. I mean, you look at the report that just came out with Yellowstone. $70 million they spent in the state, and they did over 500 full-time jobs. Montana jobs. Yeah. I mean, that's one production. That doesn't include the multiple productions that happen in Butte, the Highline, um, on the Blackfeet Reservation. They're, it's all across the state. It's benefiting rural. It's benefiting every place in Montana. And and I really want to expand it and be something that Montanans are really, really benefiting, like these small shops. I have a great story of a woman out of Lolo who Yellowstone came in and bought all this stuff from her. And in um, one day, she was able to like pay her month, and she said... They were so nice, but they oh. cussed too much on that show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, and that's sort of the one of the things too. You know, uh, Montana, we're pretty. Um, you know, Kevin Costner can roll around. Hugh Lewis can roll around. Exactly. Um, we're, we're okay with just those people just being people next to us. Yeah, and
2: yeah. you know, I think that there's a feeling, and I and I appreciate like a concern as it grows. And I I believe that we can do this sustainably by having an incentive that slowly builds up. You know, I don't have any desire to make this like a Marvel kind of film. But I love the idea of indie films, two to five million, and a few television series that really, really benefit the community, ripple out to the coffee shops, to the hotels. You know, during COVID, those productions, um, I mean, Butte will talk about this, some of those hotels, they were able to stay open because of productions.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't doubt that.
2: It was it's important to me
0: so All right, we've got less than a minute here. okay um, you got, you got any <laughs> too much final? fun yeah I know I'm we're, we're gonna have you back on because I would love clock here yeah. um, do you have any any, any thoughts for us uh, uh, I know Montana has come alongside with some tax credits uh, um, do people kind of resent that or are they um, uh, looking at the industry with a very critical eye now because of that or well you I'll, don't have time to answer that I right? don't have to. I'll just yeah.
2: say you know forty states in the United States have tax credits and that's how you get the industry yeah. in and i'll say anything that brings industry like that in that that benefits montana is i think something we have got to get behind i i i
0: love what you're doing i appreciate thank uh, talking you. with you and Me we're too. Gonna, we'll we'll talk more and, this is
2: a great summit and, and
0: is it this is it the right side of the left side my good side <laughs>
2: yeah, thank you thank
0: you very much uh back have with a more linwood field uh, we're back with more from the summit today voices of montana continues right after this
1: If you're using dyed diesel fuel and driving on montana's public roads you may not know this but you are breaking the law the small savings
0: you see at the pump could end up costing you up to five thousand dollars in fines dyed diesel fuel is not taxed and is intended for off-road use only please do the right thing don't use dyed fuel on montana's roads to report violators you can call 1-888-FUEL-LAW thanks for your help this message brought to you by the montana department of transportation here it's a pleasure to welcome Jason Yeager. He's the president of the Montana Photonics Industry Alliance. In and morning, Jason. How's it going? It's going really well. Thank Tom. you for being here. Yeah. Um, Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. So um, it it makes a lot of sense why you're here. But why are you here at this summit?
3: Sure. So Montana is often referred to as the last best place, and. Whether intentionally or not, the photonics community, which has been here since the 1970s... Has not. Has too. Is almost one of the last best kept secrets in the last best place. So going back to 1970, here in the Gallatin Valley, we've had photonics companies. And photonics is a term not everyone's super familiar with. So let me go ahead and define it. Thank you. Photonics is the study and application of light. And that impacts all of our day-to-day... In fact, you, you see it all around you. You see your cell phone, you pick it up. It has a display. There's lasers made in Bozeman, Montana that help make these LED and OLED displays. There's photonics around us in our cameras. There's satellites, there's communication across the board. And people don't understand that Bozeman is one of four key areas here in the United States for photonics. There are three other clusters, and now Bozeman, Montana is on the map. Uh, We participated most recently in the last Congressional uh, Photonics Caucus with Senator Steve Daines. So, talking about photonics, you can say, well, it's a study of light. Well, what does that mean to me? Well, let me give you some of the applications that we here have in the valley. Um, You may have been familiar with the epidemic of diabetes that's impacting our nation. Mm -hmm. With diabetes, I did not realize that there were almost 200,000 amputations annually in the U.S. related to diabetes Mm -hmm. due to a lack of blood flow to the limbs. Well, there's a company in town that recently just closed another $4 million contract to produce systems to address this. So they produce a high-power ultraviolet source that they can put through a catheter to go into artery or vein, and within less than 10 minutes, clean out that vein, restore blood flow to the limb, and avoid an amputation. With light? With high-powered light? Exactly. So that's on the medical side. Let's switch over to more of the scientific side. There's components made here in Bozeman that are currently on all seven continents. There's components made in Bozeman orbiting the Earth in satellites. And there's components in (laughs) Bozeman currently on the surface of Mars. (laughs) So on the scientific side, it's so broad, it's so diverse. From um, atmospheric research, from climate change, from understanding fundamental materials, the science side is huge.
0: Well, I, I love it. I just want to say, you could be driving by uh, even the highway in Bozeman, Montana, and uh, you know just wave to somebody you don't know, and that somebody may be somebody who's got hardware on Mars. That, that's true. Isn't that that's crazy? That's true. Yeah. Well, speaking
3: of driving, there's a company in Bozeman right now that has a fleet of trucks with no drivers in them, and they're using photonics. In this case, they're using frequency-modulated CW LiDAR. Kind of a mouthful, but I'll, I'll expand on it a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. To create uh, a fleet of self-diving trucks that are driving between
0: Austin and Houston right now in Texas. I've got to hang on for this because I'm not ready for this world.
3: Well, they will be part of our panel here this afternoon. Yeah. And there'll be an
0: opportunity to learn a bit more about it. Is that Aurora? It is yes it yeah, they're going to be making an announcement here today yeah. yeah they are yeah yeah oh man uh, the, so that', that that's, that's the whole thing about photonics it just seems like it's it's so exciting and so new to uh, us in a lot of ways but as you said since 1970 and now one of four key clusters uh, in in the country in fact, we have some of the highest density of photonics companies anywhere in the United States I'm not surprised at that really because I, I have looked into that a little bit. 35 companies, 800 mm-hmm. employees is who you guys well, are. Well, approaching up over 900 now. Is that right? In, in certain
3: yeah. companies, uh, I know one for the one I'm working for right now. I also serve as the COO for Visionarial. Okay. Yeah, we make uh, robotics that yep. help humanity, but these are commercial large drones. We've hired
0: 19 people. You're... Year- so far this year. That's cool. congratulations, well, thank you. and that's what kind of surprised me. 35 companies, but 800 to 900 employees <laughs> is an awful lot. I, I would yeah. not have guessed that either about the photonics industry. I see two scientists and uh, and mm. 10 10 uh, you know microscopes. Um. 20 years ago, you wouldn't have
3: been far off. Yeah, but now it's looking quite a bit different, and that's actually one of the challenges we have as a community. Um, we're here primarily because of the university system. We have PhDs, we have master's students coming out, which is great. We have undergraduate engineers doing development, but we are struggling right now to find technicians to actually put together these
0: high-tech devices. Uh, so, we'll talk about that. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, that's not a lot of industries are facing that problem. How does the photonics industry address that issue?
3: Well, uh, really, there are three or four things I want to highlight that we have done and we will be doing. One of the first is we identified the need that we were recruiting people from Irvine, California, and Waco, Texas, and Indiana Hills, um, because they had photonic technician programs in Rochester. We said, well, we have people here in Montana with great work ethic, how about we grow our own? So we approached the MSU Community College, Gatlin Community College, said, we have a need. We brought them a curriculum, Industry brought staff. We taught it. We went before the Board of Regents. They said yes. And pretty much for the last seven years, we've had 100% placement of those students before they graduate. That's a heck of a model. It is. It works really, really well. But it has a problem, Tom. We don't have enough people going into that program. So the demand and the need, supply and demand, they're out of sync right now. So some of the things we're going to be working on doing is just uh, later this month, The Montana Science Center is going to open up a photonics exhibit. That'll be really exciting. I'll give a shout-out to Abby Turner and the Montana Science Center. Um, We're hoping to create more of a visibility with our youth. So that actually was an outflow, of something the MPIA did uh, about seven years ago, where we traveled across the state to talk with middle school and high school students, and to show the amazing technology we have. In fact, I had a camera with had an infrared camera hooked up to it from FLIR, a company here in town. Yep. And I was able to use a Chromecast, and I could scan the students in the room real time and measure their temperature. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> I, I, Tom. I, I'd like to think I'm funny, and occasionally I make a joke, Uh and I look at all the students, and I said, all right, ladies, I want you to tell me quantifiably who is the hottest guy in this room, (laughs) and we scanned that room, and there was a gentleman in the back with about 102 temp. at which point I suggested he might need to go home, and I went and washed my hands like six times after that session, (laughs) but the students got to see... You know, this technology, we're making it locally, it's available, and it's, it's a career path that pays a sustainable wage in the valley. So the Montana Science Center is going to open their exhibit here later this month, and we're also going to be hosting EconoQuest, which is going to be a two-day exhibit, October 24th and 25th here in the Gallatin Valley. And the intent is to bus several hundred, three, four hundred students from rural communities across the state to here to learn about career paths at the community college uh, with the university. Um, Hopefully Greg Gianforte will be doing the dinner um, Monday afternoon. We're gonna rent out the fairgrounds, bring 20, 30 companies so they can fly their drones, they can bring their laser systems, they can demo the technology. I don't know if we'll have a self-driving car, but it'd be really nice if we did. Show some of the quantum technology that's going on in the valley and
0: get some excitement both with the students and with the teachers. Jason Yeager with us, president of the, as he referenced, MPIA. It's the Montana Photonics Industry Association. Um, it serves as a hub for the optics, the photonics, and the, and the quantum companies. I even tried to understand quantum. Uh, that's uh, I can get it, but it, it's, it's a huge thing. It is, and it's going to be much larger.
3: So Bozeman is one of two locations in the U.S. Um, to become a foundry. So MSU now has the Monarch Foundry which was initially a $12 million grant, to take technology from academia and help move it forward so that it can be transferred to industry. And that's just one aspect. Um, here in the Valley, there's been almost $36 million of grants given from the government to push quantum forward over the last two years. So there's a handful of companies um Montana Instruments will be also on our panel later today with Luke Mortensen. They're doing cryogenics for quantum computing and the Air Force has a
0: large program at the university to do quantum telecommunications. And and this stuff, went, and, and uh, I got to take a break here, Jason Yeager. Again, um, I, I was going to mention your panel here because you're moderating a spotlight on photonics and quantum, which <laughs> includes lasers, fighting wildfires, and self-driving cars. The yep. actual title of this panel, um, and and it, it is stuff that uh, it can be kind of mind-blowing, to uh, in, in one degree. And, and so, um, understanding the science is one thing, but understanding the impact is is another. And as as you had talked about, uh, that that economic impact in Montana is
3: is pretty real. It is. Um, Typically in our industry, we're paying about $20,000 more than the average salary. Um, It's a high-tech industry. It has good benefits. It has longevity associated with it. And it provides people a sustainable wage. As you know, the cost of living is going up and up and up here in the valley. Yeah, Wh- who are you fist bumping? Well, that's Luke Mortensen. Luke, Luke is uh, he's on your panel. He's on my panel. We'll be hearing from Luke Moore this afternoon about Montana up. Instruments. Uh, oh, I have no doubt Luke will knock it out of the park. Nice.
0: Yeah, founder of uh, Montana Instruments. All right, let's take this break and then we'll come on back and, and, and get some closing thoughts. I want to save some time. We are again live from the Montana On the Rise Economic Summit. That's live at the Commons, sponsored by the Montana Chamber and hosted by Senator Steve Daines and with us Jason Yeager, more from the photonics industry here in just a bit on Voices. Busy is
3: good. I'm feeling stronger. I can work harder, longer
0: since I quit. When treating drug and alcohol addiction, it is a myth that you cannot quit tobacco as well. In fact, those who quit tobacco during treatment are 25% more likely to stay sober. Decrease your risk of relapse while saving money and improving your health. Quit tobacco now. I'm finally feeling better. Call the Montana Tobacco Quit Line at 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services. Tom Schultz alongside, live at the Commons. We're in Bozeman on the road again. Love to go 406 and it's the Montana On the Rise Economic Summit. And finishing up here with uh, Jason Yeager, who is with the uh, Montana Photonics Industry Alliance. So uh, again, I I, I love learning about this stuff, and I, I, I had an inkling. That the industry was here, um, and 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 I did visit one place, and I know the kind of cutting edge work that, that they are doing. Where did you go, Tom? I don't remember where it was. It might have been it might have been Flir, okay, um, or it might have been Montana Instruments too. So Flir has a great story behind it.
3: In fact, the owner Ralph Hutchison, way back in the day, was the gentleman who grew the very first laser ruby crystal. The entire industry can trace its roots all the way back to Ralph, who lived here in Bozeman and founded Scientific Materials back in the 80s, which was then acquired by Flir and then most recently, Flir Teledyne. And they just built a 57,000-square-foot manufacturing site, one of the most state-of-the-art buildings in Montana, just uh, past Costco, just uh, south of Costco
0: here in Bozeman. In Bozeman, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And, and the kind of work I mean like you talked about some of the things that the photonics industry is involved in mm-hmm. um, the, the science of it, uh, um, it are they um, how What's the growth rate? What's the growth potential in in those kind of uh, areas? So growth is really strong right now. In fact,
3: uh, with COVID, there was a lot of pent up demand that is now beginning to open. And obviously there's challenges with the supply chain. We're not the first industry to mention this as we see some of that ramping up. But I can mention, for example, the company I'm working with right now, Vision uh, as their COO. Uh, We just opened up our second facility here in Bozeman in the beginning of March. Uh, Year to date, we've hired 19 people. I thank the university and the community college for most of those. And um, we're making high-end commercial drones that are used for fighting forest fires, that are used for detecting methane, uh, gas detection for oil and pipelines. The demand is large, but we need a pipeline of talent, and we need a place for people to be able to stay.
0: Well, and that's another issue that a lot of people
3: have been dealing with. Um, what's, What's your take of it? Well... There was a recent report done by One Valley that did a series of interviews with several hundred people across the community asking for ideas of what is the issue and what can we do to address it. And one of my big takeaways from that is a uh, surprised me how many um, individuals thought that business had a role in solving it. It was nearly 20%. And not to say that businesses don't. Um, in fact, uh, we recently did a $4 an hour pay raise mm. to help address this in-house wow. alone. But we're only one piece of the pie. And there's a lot of other players. And right now, it seems like we're not having a collective direction forward.
0: Interesting. And with the price of housing here in the community, it's becoming a major challenge. I'm going to pursue that, uh, the line of questioning with some of the lawmakers that and policymakers <laughs> that are... That I talk uh, talk with down the road, uh, you know, in, in terms of solving this housing issue. We got thirty seconds. Okay. Um, what's What's the next big thing on the docket for you guys? Sure. Um, MPIA will be hosting our first international conference up at Big Sky, um,
3: June twenty sixth. An international
0: conference. Yes. All going,
3: All. We're like going to We're going to bring people from around the world to Bozeman to talk about lidar systems, like distance and ranging
0: it's going to be cutting edge research here in our state uh, we're going to, I'm going to look into that alright Jason all right. thank you so much you're welcome break Tom. a leg up there today okay? alright thank you and uh, thank you Brian Bennett our in studio engineer today uh, for on watch Friday tomorrow take care y'all